Oh, sure, basketball in the summer. Got girls there, man. You got to get I new got sneaks. sneaks. <laughs> oh, but man. I need a new pair. Oh, that was really hard to fade out. I got to admit. Oh, man. What a tune. That is the summertime. Oh, dude. And the, I introduced Classic. the girls to it. They love it. And every like, like it's like in May and the girls are like, is it time? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, it's not. Yet. Not ready yet. <laughs> some, the first hot day after June 1st, we roll down all the windows and it's summertime. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Fellas! Glad that got Glad we yeah. caught that little bit of plastic. <laughs> I'm nervous! I'm nervous! Situation. Uh, good good morning, I guess I should say, uh, to Ben and to Jeff. Uh, ben, you're up and at work here on a Sunday. I am, yes. Sunny, 12.37 p.m. right here in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, redoing a syllabus. That's how we do it. You know, a lot of professors work hard, just yeah. to be clear. That's that's what I heard. Um, <laughs> and, and Jeff, it's uh, tea and toast for you this morning. In tea Berkeley. and toast. It's a little um, Sunday is the day when... Uh, uh, Uncle Jeff usually sleeps in. This, this is how much I love the, these guys in this podcast that I set an alarm on a Sunday. Wow. Um, but I am a little bohemian in my sleep patterns. Um, so I the alarm went off and my body was like, well, that can't be right. So I'm here. I got coffee. I got some fancy, <laughs> some fancy toast. And we actually have a break in the um, deluge here. So I think okay. my power is not in danger of going out. <laughs> Although I have to get on the roof immediately after this because the leak, the leak has returned, which is. Oh, no. oh gosh. So sorry. Um, ben Barton, who was the uh, basketball player? Was it Sleepy? Didn't Eric he go to Sleepy Was it Derek Sleepy Floyd? I think it's Eric Sleepy Floyd. Eric, Eric Sleepy Floyd. That's uh, that's Jeff Simons this morning. <laughs> He's oh, just yeah. Gonna no, for sure. Go through the motions. Let's just I'll just say let's glad I'm glad it's an audio podcast because I uh, look like I I look like I was just startled at three o'clock in the morning. So um, I'm excited. I got iMovie working again to promote our podcast. <laughs> hey, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys on the Electricast Podcast Network. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Connect with us through Facebook. Do us a solid and leave us a review. That's how we can get more great fans like you. I like it. And by the way, little known fact, uh, if you gave a review a couple of years ago, you could just go back on and do it again. It's true. <laughs> That's serious. Think it about, resets. So just go exactly. back on and do it again. Ben is totally right. Think about how much you've changed, how much the world has changed. Your insight <laughs> is fresh as a daisy. So I totally agree with Ben. Get on there. Frankly, you might want to create two or three new usernames and review it two or three more times just I to make it. sure. You've exhausted your your insights into the show. I love it. Well, welcome to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So excited to be here in Philly. Um, it's going to be a great, great podcast today as we unpack Philadelphia's wonderful musical history. Uh, before we get started in earnest, I was thinking, hear me out here. The boys in marketing were thinking about kind of a, a cross-connection type of thing, synergy between um so what we do is we do knoxville 
and we have Knoxville's mayor come on the podcast. And There's as she picks, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> Sleepy <laughs> Eric Floyd. <laughs> the first of many missteps in our Philadelphia and, podcast. And we have the mayor uh, launch her reelection campaign on this medium. What do you think? Too late. She already had her launch party. Sorry. Oh, golly. You haven't contributed to the campaign. I've already donated, baby. Oh, darn it. No, I, I was I was waiting until the, the big podcast launch. <laughs> We'd be in <laughs> national news. It'd be great. All right. Poor, all right. Poor we'll, we'll, we'll national campaign launched on, on <laughs> idiot podcast. <laughs> People, people questioning her judgment. We'll do it for her third term because we'll still be going to Topeka or something like that. For sure. Uh, all right. Philadelphia, Jeff Simons, jumping ahead of things. I'm sorry. I'm with sorry. With our everyone. arrival song. This is what I want to hear as I land in Philadelphia. And I would like to point out I've never heard this song. What? In my life. Never heard it. Here huh? we go. There's a thunderstorm brewing. And the day is turning gray And there ain't much to say about the weather Say the shower stall is leaking And the ceiling is falling in And I'm getting 20 bills to every letter I'm trying to retreat into the country version do you have going on here uh, you muted yourself john yeah you muted yourself <laughs> this is gonna be a rough one um <laughs> it's a good question i don't um that's i got it's the same one popped up four times when i put it into spotify this is the I've version that's hard who's that what is that it's it's hauling oats but i have uh uh, uh 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 it's Daryl Hall and John Oates. They're very particular. That it's Daryl Hall and John Oates. That's the name of the band. Oh my god! <laughs> what is it with you, Hall and Oates? Are you going to explain in this co- in this podcast what is it with you and that band? <laughs> Ever since I met you, you had I, yeah. I, I, I feel yeah. like something traumatic happened with an abandoned luncheonette in the background. <laughs> like that's you, good. You know, I like. I like to think I've got a little uh, blue-eyed soul as part of my my thing. You know, I I, I think I got a little Sarah Hall. Have it. You definitely have it. So anyway, so, that's the only version that came up on Spotify. Is there a better, older, more horrifying huh. version? Hopefully, to God, there's a better version. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was awful. I, I, honestly, I'm dubious that there is. Get that's the, the source one material on, that's or the, the one artist. Hall and Oates. That's where I pulled it from. It is okay. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's my headphones. Maybe I got to get rid of these headphones. Ben, does Jeff sound funny to you? No, but that song did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I just fixed my headphones. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, you got to pick Hall and Oates if you're arriving in Philadelphia. No, and you I... don't. No, you <laughs> don't. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. In case you were wondering, no, you don't. Off to a bad start. I'm like, I'm not enjoying this trip so far. 
It's really bad. Well, Philly does have some rough spots, Ben, um, as as perhaps the two of you know, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, all right. I would like to know the population of Philadelphia. I will take the city or the metro area. Let's get closest to the pin. You want to go first, Ben? Uh, yeah. Metro area. 3.8 million. Higher or lower? Um, a little bit lower. And I'll say the general Philly surrounding area is about 5 points, 5.5. Okay. No, that's what I said. Is metro area? Yeah, metro area. Oh, that's the whole area. Then I think the whole area is much bigger. I think the city itself is is like two million, and the area is like five point five. Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, the city is one point six. The metro area six point three. Woo! All right. Yeah. Now, um, we're gonna we're gonna just check our geography and our knowledge of American cities here, real quick. Um, <laughs> Je- Jeff, you won that first round, so you get to go first in this round. We're okay. gonna go. We're going to go back and forth naming America's largest cities. Go, Jeff. And this is, I'm sorry, the You're area just, or the city? This is just the city. What's the largest city in the United States? New York City. Ben, for number two. Los Angeles. Excellent. Jeff, for number three. Chicago. Chicago is number three. Ben. See, now you suck. This is so mean-spirited. You let Jeff go first? No, He's so mean-spirited. He, he earned. And it's also, it's like, lay it's up at number three. Up. Like, so, for example, the metro area of Phoenix is the same as the city because the city is that entire gargantuan county. Yep, same um, with Jack. Correct. Right, totally. So, it's, But it's not Phoenix. Uh, it's Dallas or Houston, and I think it's Houston. It is Houston. Excellent. Uh, so well, look at that. The lawyerly mind just kind of narrowing down all the facts. Uh, Jeff Simons, who's fifth? I'm going to say Phoenix is fifth because it of that weird. Is Phoenix? Wow, you guys are amazing. I didn't know Phoenix was that big. All right, Ben. But it's actually not that big. My metro area is right, like right, 11 right. or 12. It's just that it's Spread all out. Phoenix. Yep. All right. What do you got for sixth? Well, I guess I'll go with Dallas. Oh, it's Philly. We were doing so well. Philly is the sixth largest city in the United States. San Antonio, seven. San Diego, eight. Yeah, but that, see, that's crazy because the Dallas metro area is like five, a, a lot bigger than the San Antonio is, metro Dallas area. Dallas is nine. Because and, Dallas and Fort Worth right, are it's just Right, yeah. And 10, Jeff Simons, will go to your neck of the woods. San Jose. Yeah, it's big. I, I, I Where's it no land idea. on that list? Uh, yeah, not there. Oh, weird. Yeah. And the metro area, again, of Atlanta is is big, but the city itself is not so big uh all right fun time with geography on the podcast let's instead go to history of philadelphia jeff i'll let you go first when (laughs) did a white man found uh find philadelphia and who was his way into the philly area yes and who was it uh it was william penn Excellent. You might know him better from the uh, Quaker Oats box. Indeed. And the top of the what used to. There used to be a law in Philadelphia that no building could be taller than William Penn, whose statue adorned the tallest building in Philadelphia. Oh, I thought you meant him. 25 years ago, they were like, well, that was cute. And then now they have eight buildings taller. (laughs) That's great. Uh, What year? 16 something. I don't know. It was a long time ago, though. 
It was 1682. Ben, did you oh, know that? I was going to say 1678. So I yeah, that's good. Been, that would have been impressive. Okay. Well, we are moving on right now as we should. By the way, no need for the conditional there, Timmy. You didn't have to do that would have been impressive. That was <laughs> impressive. Was... Just go ahead and you can just do it. You don't have to. You that's don't have to pretty hedge. impressive, Ben Barton. All right, you Ben Barton. Be okay. <laughs> what is the most famous TV show associated with Philadelphia? Oh, that is a good question. Um, the beginning of Fresh Prince of Bel Air is not. I'm going to say that might be true. The first forty seconds of that show. <laughs> Give us a hint. Drama, uh, comedy. It has music. Launched a lot of careers. Soul Train. American Bandstand. Oh yeah. Begins in Philadelphia. With uh, Runs runs nationally from 1956 to 1989. Isn't that amazing? Never saw an episode. Yeah, it's pretty unwatchable. I mean, most bands lip synced on it. So uh-huh. basically, it's like watching a band pretend to play a song while people danced in the front. It was very similar to Top of the Pops in England. Okay. Are they are they lip syncing from 1956 on? Like from the get go, they're lip syncing? Yeah, I think so. Every once in a while, a singer would sing live against the backing track and do like a karaoke performance. But uh, they never had the the bands were never live. And why was that? Because it's a huge pain in the ass, right? Like you got to play mic live everybody. music. Yeah, you got to get a whole mix. You got remember that when American Bandstand starts, it's a two track mono mix out of the camera microphones. So having a live band perform like all hell could totally break loose. So much easier to just play the record. And have them like, yeah, pretend. Know. Yeah. Um, and then it they actually, is, there's some really is, funny ones where bands are so pissed off about it that they're refusing to actually touch the instruments. Like drummers are playing in the air near the drummer. They're doing this. Well, the beat is like, dum, 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 dum. it's really, there's some really funny ones. Uh, it's also will, inexplicable. Like to modern people, like if I show this to my daughters, they would be like, what? I don't understand. And I'd be like, it's a show where people dance. Yeah, you watch them dance, and they'd be like, "But these people aren't good at dancing." And I'd be like, "Yes, that is true. <laughs> if you want to yeah. see people who are good at dancing, you have to watch Soul Train." Yeah, this yeah. is just they're playing a record, and white people are dancing, not even very well. Yeah, yeah. you know what it reminds me of is it's like a thirty-minute TikTok episode where you hear the whole song. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. No, it is not. They're good at dancing on TikTok. That's true. A lot of the TikTok. And also it lasts 15 seconds, which makes a huge difference to lasting a half an hour. Oh, my God. It's true. So long. (laughs) All right. Well, it is time for us to move on to the uh, Philadelphia compilation. You know, we've gotten some feedback that our our naming uh, here on the 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys podcast isn't very sharp. Weird. It's on point, though. Um, Nobody can accuse us of false advertising. So here are some ideas that the uh, fellows down in marketing came up with to to brand this segment of our podcast uh, with a little more gripping stuff. Ready? 50-year-old snippets. That really, you know that sounds like a procedure, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's one choice, one choice. Hear me out on this one. Yo, DJ. Oh, no. Hard no. (laughs) And the rather pedestrian, 
guess the song. Those are my three choices. Listen, they need more pay about, down there. How about Timmy's cuts with a Z? Oh, I had, <laughs> no. I had Timmy's sadistic selections. <laughs> oh, that's good. The, the TSS. We can get like a devil's voice. Timmy's sadistic selections. Speaking of sadistic. And he is in the basement. He's got us down <laughs> in the torture basement. Great. Speaking of sadistic selections. I have 15 for you. These are so easy, such layups that I feel there are really only three challenges in the whole list. Oh, my God. So your goal is to get 13 out of 15. You got to get oh. one of those challenges. Get All your right, pens you and pencils ready, everybody. Number your papers one through 15 as we go off on sadistic selections. I like it. All right, here we go. Ready? We're going hopping, hopping. We're going hopping today. <laughs> when things are popping, I feel the Delphi way. Challenges. I got some stunned looks. By the way, um, I, I, I know the first nine, I think, right out of the box. I'm nine for nine, and then it gets ugly. I know the uh, recording for Sailing to Philadelphia is terrible, but it's yes, not it as bad. It's not as bad as the song. So I figured I'm not going to fix it. Because <laughs> that <laughs> song it came in like, oh, oh. that song is so bad. I think, I think the garbled uh, nature of my recording actually kind of pepped it up a little bit all right so we get a second listen and we can can we check answers along the way ben yeah we can check answers and uh right now we'll go to our first advertisement yeah a fade out by the producer huh look at me that's all pretty right. good let's so we go got, did we go nine for nine on the first ones did we get all of those correct no let's call them out for the listeners okay there you go number, number one Barry manilow Terrific. The uh, the theme song from American Bandstand. Great. Number two, Ben Barton. Elton John. Elton John. More peas, please. Yes. All Elton John all the time. Number three, Jeff. 
Martha and the Vandellas. That is correct. Number four. Love that one, by the way. That one's so good. It's so great. Uh, I think it's Boys to Men. That's Jeff and my. It uh, is, yes. Boys to Men, BBD, the East Coast family. Yep. Excellent. Number five is Will Smith. Is it? Is it Will Smith? Hold the phone. Hold the phone. It's uh, credited to DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That's going to be my song. And just note, they said DJ Jazzy Jeff listed first. All right. For summertime. Nice job. I thought uh, that was after when solo. That's my bad. Sorry. So is, I'm sorry, was that the fifth? Yeah. Number right, six. Well, well, one, two, three. Number six is James Taylor sounding garbled. Um I, I need you. It is definitely James Taylor singing. Oh, it's Mark Knopfler's Excellent. song. Excellent. Mark Knopfler's song brings in James Taylor. Questionable move. Uh Ben Barton, number seven. Springsteen. And I was happy to have this instead of Streets of Philadelphia. I thought you were going to give us that for yeah, sure. Yeah, nicely Although, done. again, you couldn't help us out with City of Brotherly Love, the, the Neil Young one. No, because yeah. he's he's not on Spotify, so it would have been challenging. Oh, uh, right. number number eight, Jeff Simons is the Dead Milkman, punk rock girl. It is. I got Flannery to listen to that this week. She's like, "That's a really cool song." I'm like, oh, "Yeah, it's so funny. yeah." Like, that's a gateway drug. That song. She's going to have a mohawk in three weeks. <laughs> That's what so she's like. Great. She's like, now what's the name of the band? I'm like, honey, they're called the Dead Milkmen. You know, she's like, I've Lord. seen the Dead Milkmen twice in concert. Oh, great. I think you're anticipating a new segment that we're gonna have on the podcast. Oh, that's uh, all right, number eight, nine. Oh, sorry, number nine is Doctor Dog. It is Doctor Dog with the song Alaska. Yep. No, number ten. Now I'm stumped. I don't know what that indie rock song is at all. This was, this was one of the uh, the the tragic offerings uh, that you might not know. That was the Tragically Hip. From Canada? Oh, I don't like that band. That song didn't sound terrible, though, I gotta be honest. But I've uh, tried to listen to the Tragically Hip because they're like the, they're the REM of Canada, and I yeah. just can't find songs I like on any other records. Uh, all right, number 11. And help us out. I think that's Jay Z with Freeway. It's it's with Jay Z. Jay Z's with someone. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, Jay Z is doing well. Number Next 12. one is, is uh, G Love and Special Sauce. That is indeed. Uh, Jeff, tell the people about G Love and Special Sauce. By the way, if you have not yet listened to the artist in residence interview that Tim and I did for Philadelphia. We interviewed one G Love, and we had a ball. We had it a rollicking. Funny, smart, thoughtful, moving conversation about the hybridic nature of art, specifically in Philadelphia. I cannot recommend that really interview fun. enough. What a good ben, guy. Ben, have you given it a chance yet? Sorry, no. I'm going to listen, though, I promise. <laughs> ben, by the way, the right answer is yes. Great job, fellas. That's <laughs> now on to say that. We will not push further. All right. Sure. Great job, fellas. Ben Barton, what's next? Uh, that's some weird um, musical. What the hell is that? Gilbert okay, Sullivan. Can you think of any musical about Philadelphia? That's a good critical thinking right there, Jeff Simons. Because that's what we need to do. There is a musical no. from the there's a definitely a musical from our childhood about like Philadelphia or the founding of America, and I cannot remember the name. Oh, so like well, maybe that. it's 1776. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
1776. If you're getting that, I'm giving you credit, even if you can't tell the tell me the name of the singer. But oh. um, it is it is William Daniels of St. Elsewhere fame uh, singing lead on that one. I think no that would have taken us a while to me. <laughs> we might have been here a little bit before Jeff and I came up with that name. I love I that you got it. That. That's the pull. By the way, that is the pull of the entire sadistic pick. No way. You dragged me right there. You took a horse That's to water. And just, I just dipped down right. and got it. What's I, next? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten the name of that musical to save my own children's lives. That was fantastic. Um, um, Steve Miller is next, and then I don't know the last song. I, I and I should, I can tell, but I don't. Uh, know. Yeah. So, so you you guys won. You got thirteen out of fifteen. Congratulations. Oh. You will know. Uh, you definitely know that voice because he had a really, really, really big hit. That was Steve Forbert. Oh yeah, Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit Slim. Couldn't pick Romeo's Delight for us. I guess he doesn't say. Philadelphia doesn't say enough. Philadelphia. That's kind of part of the. Shtick. Remember that song, Ben? That meet me in the middle of the night. Let me hear you say everything's all right. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like one of the Romeo's tune. Yeah, it's one of the guys they they signed in late seventies, looking for the next Springsteen, and it didn't quite work. (laughs) All right, real quick, uh, the newest segment on fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys is this week in punk, where we go to Jeff Simons. And we throw the name of a punk band at him uh, where he has no prep. And he tells us a little bit about them. Jeff Simons, the punk band this week is Pure Hell. I don't know anything about Pure Hell. Never heard of them. So far, we're up to a great story. (laughs) It's a short segment. (laughs) Well, what can you tell us about the Dead Milkman? Because Philly did have a a legit punk scene. Yeah, and the Dead Milkmen were one of the one of the folks that went national out of it. So the Dead Milkmen were kind of they started as kind of a snotty joke band. Um, the first record was called uh, uh, "Eat Your Pay." And the first record is called was like a monster eating a. It was the big first song that broke out was called "Bitchin' Camaro," where it's like a fake like swingy jazz thing, and then it becomes like a super fast punk song bitchin camaro bitchin camaro i ran over my neighbor it's pretty funny um and then the second record was called eat your paisley and the big hit was uh the thing that only eats hippies which name checked a bunch of other punk punk band friends of theirs made fun of them and then the song you play punk rock girl was the one that actually charted and and is probably still paying for their mortgages um it's a hilarious song i just and it's it's singable and great and like two minutes we long. We got into right? my car. And two minutes long, yeah. Boom. We got into her car. Away we started rolling. I said, how much you pay for this? She said, nothing, man. It's stolen. <laughs> they were really good in concert. They opened for the replacements at the Tower Theater the first time I saw them. Then I saw them at some shitty club. and um, But it was very tongue-in-cheek. Like, they were... There was never an expectation that the Dead Milkmen were... They weren't one of those punk bands who were like worried about Central America or worried about American politics. They were just a good old fashioned finger in the eye poke. Yeah. Things in general. And I, they were refreshing in that way. They never tried to be anything else other than uh, a uh, whimsical diversion. Fun but they were good. stuff. Fun stuff. Well, we're going to go from this week in punk to the best-selling artist, uh, the favorite son or daughter of Philadelphia. Could not believe this. Uh, but my research Brings me to Philadelphia having a favorite daughter, Jeff Simons. Which uh, which song? Just uh, the number one. Yeah, the just give me a reason. Uh, oh, you already. 
I thought that was you saying, I thought you were just, uh, <laughs> seriously, like, just give me a reason. I thought you were, like, <laughs> okay. Challenging you. I'm catching up. Here we go. from the start you were a thief you stole my heart and i your willing victim i let you see the parts of me that weren't all that pretty and with every touch you fix them now you've been talking in your sleep oh oh things you never say to me oh Tell me that you've had enough of our love, our love. Just give me a reason, just a little bit's enough. Just a second, we're not broken, just bent, and we can learn to love again. It's in the stars. It's been Pink! How about that? With uh with an exclamation point instead of an I. Oh, is that right? I think so. That's pretty cool. Uh any fans of Pink on the podcast? I wouldn't say I, mean, I, I listen- despise her, but I'm I don't like her. I'm, I'm, I will say I'm really I'm I'm moved by how much other people love her. When I yeah. see performance clips, like the audience is just completely spellbound and and she has a much better voice than i gave her credit for when she first like wasn't get this party started the one that broke yeah. her out oh which just kind of, gonna like, get off, like see dance kind of one hit wonder and she has turned out to be way more talented than that but it doesn't it is not in my my wheelhouse for sure yeah yeah i don't know I what got, she I, is i got a list of like 30 philly artists that i actually truly love listed here and she is not on that list so yeah nor mine, but good on you, Pink. Keep it up. We're uh, we appreciate your career. All right. Before we get to our our Philadelphia songs or albums or places or concerts or whatever, we have to acknowledge that two of the co-hosts of this podcast went to college in the Philadelphia area. They went to Haverford College. And so I thought it was appropriate to test your shared knowledge of your alma mater. Rapid fire, <laughs> Haverford College questions. What year was it founded? 1810. Uh, 1833. Hold on. What, I just, I what, is that, it, what is its current religious affiliation? There is no official affiliation, but it's Quaker in its roots. Oh, it is actually... Orthodox Quaker in its root. I don't know what that means, but scary. Yeah, me that means they eat the oats every day. <laughs> uh, what is the current endowment of Haverford College? Several hundred million dollars. Good. Six hundred and nineteen million dollars. Well, I got uh, enough. In it. I'm just going to stop sending him my twenty bucks a year. It's a lot of money. Current undergrad population. About thirteen hundred and fifty. Higher or lower, Ben? That's right. right up. I mean, yeah. there's a bump year after COVID, so I think they're a little swollen. 1435 currently. Wow, that's big for Haverford. Yeah. Yeah. Do Whoops. either 
Do either of you have the uh, motto memorized? No. Not more learned, but steeped in a higher learning. No, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Not um, the nerdiest, but still pretty nerdy. <laughs> that should be when did Haverford College go fully co-ed? Fully co-ed. Uh, well, 1980 is the year that it Correct. starts. You're done. Yeah. Uh, when did the first black man graduate from Haverford College? I'm afraid to know the answer to that question. But I'm going to guess it's a Quaker college. Maybe they got ahead of the curve. That's what I think. I think it's in the 1800s somewhere. Me too. The late okay. 1800s. 1926. 1926. Oh, that's but late still, for Haverford. Well, that's for Haverford no, that's, it's late. That's, that's, that's tragically late. Um Current President Wendy Raymond is also a professor at Haverford College. What is she a professor of? Sociology? Biology. Biology? She's into molecular I'll genetics. I'll shut up. You can uh, No, no, no. I'm saying, why isn't Tim giving me a shot? Like, nope, I no guess shot for you. We're supposed um, to be working together. So this blew my mind. Haverford has an honor code where you can just kind of schedule your own exam. Yeah, like Tuesday yeah. doesn't work for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take that on Friday. In fact, most of them, uh, Tim, you don't even have to schedule. The exams were used to be like in a series of boxes in this one place called Stokes, and there were moments when you could go and grab them, like three hour windows. So you would walk over, grab your exam out of a box, go somewhere and take it for three hours, and then return it. All you could take, it take it in the trunk of your car if you felt That's like that really was. Great. Now, do you guys remember uh, as freshmen, was there was there some sort of uh, ceremony that brought you into the honor code and this life of integrity at Haverford? In fact, um, every uh, our little RA group or customs group, as we called them, had somebody called an honor code orienteer, HCO, um, huh. who was supposed to sit down and, and talk you through how to fulfill the expectations of the honor code. Mine closed his talk by then co collecting money to buy us beer illegally. So there was a mixed message from my HCO, <laughs> uh, but it uh, stuck. I mean, uh, this is a true story. I took my astronomy final freshman year from 11 to 2 AM in my room. Uh, and I had been frantically studying up to it. And I got stumped on the last question. And I just knew that there was this one thing I was forgetting that was causing, and I completely pooched it. And, you know, closed the exam, sealed it in the envelope. And while I was cursing myself, I looked over and my textbook was open to, to that the, spot <laughs> with the answer. And I had uh, I had not even thought about I wonder where my textbook is. All right. So it really it sunk deep and quickly because you really felt like everybody was doing it. So and I know you both lead lives of integrity now. So it's stuck. Oh, I'm much more of a dirtbag now than I was. Oh, OK. Um, no all right. Final Haverford question. Name two. Wait, I want to hear Ben's take on that. Like, oh, I was sorry, really, ben. I was incurably honest uh, academically at Haverford, and that's definitely that's stuck into my adult life. But I'm much more likely to be like, no, I didn't get that jury summons at 53 than I was at 20. So, hey, um, <laughs> yeah, also it was mostly essay exams, and so honestly, you know, there wasn't. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like they were. There wasn't like a multiple choice exam or things where you could literally, like, you know. Like it was a big deal to know what was going to be on the test. Like, so for example, for Western Civ, if someone was like, you're really going to need to study Charlemagne. I'm like, well, 
pretty much knew that one. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I spent two weeks on that dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on top of it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Name two of the coolest, dopest, rockinest bands ever formed at Haverford College. Well, there's Sea of Fuzz. Right? There are no dope rocking bands from Haverford Report. Wait, Jeff, weren't you in a band there? Yeah. Yeah, my band was called uh, Fiddle and the Wisdom Giving Plants. But and, then uh, we were in an all-star band where we backed up Jeff. That's, <laughs> that's not true. Jeff Simons in the explanation. That's right. That's right. Oh, look at this. That one was actually we pretty good. Mostly Jeff Simons in the explanation. We were just called the explanation. No way. We were called Jeff Simons in the explanation for sure. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's embarrassing for everybody involved. How is Sea of Fuzz not uh not been taken by another band? That's a great Isn't it name. The greatest? It's, it's the greatest lost band name of all time. It's really excellent. We got to bring it back on this podcast. All right. Thank you for playing along. Let's go to our three songs or albums or artists or what have you. Um, ben, do you I, can I go first? Yeah, you go first, Jeff. I want to start by saying, first of all, so so the uh, my uh, my life partner slash wife slash Philadelphia resident um, still will not listen. I just asked her if she's going to listen to the Philly episode. She was like, I'm good. So I can just talk. Oh, my God. I'm going to write her a letter. <laughs> um but um, she's from Philly itself. She's not from the Philly suburbs. She's not one of those people like, I'm from Philly. Oh, what neighborhood? Radnor. Like, she's from Germantown. Um, and uh, so she's got, I, and I've been to visit, you know, her family house a bunch of times. So um, the my wife's whole side of the family is deeply steeped in Philadelphia history. Um, and so... Well, I I would just like to say that um, there are all there are a bunch of different Philadelphias depending on where you grew up and when you grew up, um, and so there's so much music. Unlike some of the other cities we've done, there's just an embarrassment of options here. Like Philly has produced and both rock and soul music, right? Like the Gamble and Huff early '70s Philly soul is is its own thing, probably not equal to Motown overall but like though you know when you hear that elton john philadelphia freedom he's just right. ripping off all the gamble and huff stuff the strings the big arrangements right but there are so many bands you could choose from that moment and then you know if if one of us doesn't pick the roots then i'm at least going to say quest love and uh -oh. the roots here because this guy's just a kind of invented a, a way of understanding the intersection between rap and live music in the nineties that impacted everybody. And Questlove is the, has turned himself into one of the preeminent rock historians of his age with his documentaries. The fact that they're on Fallon playing like that every night is just a, uh, and I mean, there's so many though, there's Teddy Pendergrass and Santi Gold and Boyz to Men and Patti LaBelle and Erica Badu and Dee Will Smith, who sounds like somebody like, but then you go to the rock side and yeah, there's the Philly punk scene. There's but there's G Love. There's there's a there's the Disco Biscuits. Like they got into the jam thing a little bit. I've already spent 20 minutes barking at everyone about Doctor Dog. But coming out right now, Philly's having like a big moment right now. Hop Along is a really cool band. Sheer Mag is a cool band. The War on Drugs might be the American U2 of the moment. They're a Philly band. Um, there's of course the Hooters. <laughs> But Japanese breakfast is from Philly. This is right. a city that has a lot. Of, so I'm going to. As long as you're in the modern rock area, uh, Waxahachie 
most of the, oh, yeah, the, the all the early Waxahachie records are Philly records, and um, Modern Baseball is actually my favorite of that oh, of like yeah. the little yeah, totally like the unknown little indie Philly bands. Cool. You know, it's funny because I don't think of Philly gets a sometimes gets a bad such a bad rap, right? I mean, it's the in between city between DC and New York. Um, and it's famous, most famous, to quote Bill Burr, your most famous son is a fictional character, <laughs> right? Like Rocky's not real and it's the most famous thing about Philadelphia. And, you know, Philly fans are the worst throwing batteries at Santa Claus, right? But for me, the Philadelphia that, the Philadelphia I always think of is actually not the Philadelphia, well, maybe it kind of is, of when we were at Haverford. I mean, I'm, you're not in Philadelphia at Haverford at all. But when you go into Philadelphia from Haverford, you're like, oh, this is different. Uh, but I think of like that gritty early to mid 70s is my Philly. Um, and I'm just going to pick an I'm not going to pick any of those artists. I'm going to pick an artist that people may not have heard of or may not remember because uh, that seems to be my value add in this thing. So I'm going all the way back to the early 1970s and I'm going to pick an artist called Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren got his start in Philadelphia yes. in a band called, called the Naz, um, had a couple of like kind of top 40 ish hits. And then he turned himself into kind of the spacey weirdo genius. Todd Rundgren's one of the first guys to just go into his own basement and make his records, play every instrument, do all the mastering, do all the mixing and production and hand the record as is to the record company. And he has a string of hits in the 70s, even though he's making these bizarre double albums, things like uh, Something Anything or A Wizard, comma, A True Star. There's a double record called Just Todd where he's on the on like a brown cover and he's just kind of looking stoned back at you. And like some of the songs are 30 seconds long. Some of them are eight minutes long. They're all over the place. In the middle of the 70s, one of his friends dared him that he couldn't recreate classic songs sounding exactly like the originals. So he put out a record called Faithful, which is half originals. And the other side is his five favorite songs expertly recreated from scratch by him just to prove he could do it like strawberry fields forever and i can't remember what all the other ones are but it's like a just like a mixtape of identical covers with todd rundgren singing he's famous for um being married to bb buell and raising Liv tyler as his own daughter because he thought he was Liv tyler's dad but of course Liv tyler's dad is actually steven tyler and what tell holy him cow and- then she grew up and started to look more and more like Stephen, and then she had to tell her husband Todd, "Yeah, actually, well, um, oh. and Todd, who was great credit, was like, I don't care. I mean, I've been raising her since she was an infant. She's my daughter, as far as I'm concerned." But she left him, and then he made this terribly sad breakup record called "The Hermit of Mink Hollow." Um, I could pick a bunch of Todd Rundgren, so and then he became like an unbelievable game-changing producer, right? Once he once his kind of moment as an artist started to fade in the in the early '80s, he made a, re- a song called "Bang the Drum All Day" and made like a million dollars off that. And then he became a producer. He produced XTC Skylarking. He's produced a whole bunch of other, and he's still going. He, he's like still recording, still touring. He's a wonderful weirdo, and. His records, his 1970 and 1976 records just sound like Philadelphia in the 70s, like a little down at the heel, underfunded, super urban. Um, and uh, and he's an early hybrid of rock and soul. Like Rundgren's unquestionably a rock and roll artist, but he's a rock and roll artist who's obviously spending most of his free time listening to soul music. There's a depth. And I'm going to go all the way back to his very first hit single from 1970. 
I could pick a whole bunch, but the the first 10 seconds of this song makes me smile and giggle every time. So I'm going with We Gotta Get You a Woman for my Philly song. Leroy, boy, is that you? I thought your post-hanging days were through. Sunken eyes and full of sighs. Tell no lies. You get wise. I tell you now we're gonna pull you through. There's only one thing left that we can do. We gotta get you a woman. It's like nothing else can make you feel sure you're alive. We gotta get you a woman. We better get walking. We're wasting time talking now. Leroy boy, you're my friend. I think that's so funny. Leroy boy, is that you? I thought your post hanging days were through. <laughs> like, this is one thing we gotta do. We gotta get you a woman. Oh, Leroy. Just, poor sad Leroy. Like, dude, like, just get it together, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so Todd Rundgren's my. That just sounds like the Philadelphia of my imagination. Right. You know, right. it's like cool parts standing around a garbage can on fire singing and, and, uh, really old fashioned like drum bass guitar sounds and this the kitchen sink right like like rundgren's throwing every little studio trick he can at every song that he records so that's my pick nice pick nice pick ben do you like todd rundgren uh mixed on todd rundgren this is one that jeff has tried really hard he's given to the old jeff try on getting uh-huh. by todd rundgren uh-huh. i like the hand claps but uh I right. do. yeah those are great so funny <laughs> Um, I remember you love this the gritty Philadelphia story. I just remembered a story because I I I grew up uh, for first five years in New Jersey, and then I, I went back and visited, and um, I got taken to uh, an Eagles game, which is super exciting. I'd never been to an Eagles game, and I'm um I'm I'm part of this mixed crowd, all these dudes in Philly uh, Eagles shirts. And they're talking about how great a Philly's game, a Philadelphia Eagles game is. And Eagle, have you ever been to an Eagles game? I'm like, no, I've never seen the Eagles. Like, You've never been to Veterans Stadium? I'm like, well, kind of. I've been to Riverfront. He did not think that was funny. Just <laughs> but like, it's the same exact stadium. It's a shitty oval with bad turf. Yeah, but- the vet was still the stadium when Ben and I were in college. Oh, yeah. and we went to a couple of uh Phillies games there and, and it's brutal like that old artificial turf that's the wrong color and that just big circle <laughs> I, I remember so we Phillies Cubs game in like September when both teams were 40 games out and we like we had like 10 of us went and we were on the Jumbotron three times because they had nobody <laughs> else to put on the Jumbotron they were like let's just put them on home that's awesome awesome all right Ben Barton, what are you going to bring to the table in Philadelphia? Well, so first I want to sing the praises of Philadelphia, a town that I absolutely love. Grew up in New York, but going to college outside Philadelphia was a fantastic experience for me. And Jeff is, I mean, Jeff's completely right. Like Haverford's in the suburbs. There's no question about that at all. Um, But it was close enough where I went in with, with regularity for sure, to the point where it would be hard to say. I mean, I definitely didn't get to know the whole town. But I got to know the parts of the town that a kid would go into and walk around and then some other parts, too. 
um, and just have a gigantic soft spot for it. So Jeff and I were there 87 to 91. So it wasn't quite the rocky 70s, but it was still a tough town for sure. Yep. I mean, I've um, only ever been mugged once and it was in it was in Philly. Jeff and it was my fault, my fault entirely, but it did happen. So Jeff has had the great good fortune to go back. Um, and basically my daughter now goes to Haverford College. And so we went back two years, I guess five years ago, I went, we went back and toured colleges and stayed downtown Philly and walked around. And then I've been back uh at least you know, every six months or so. And and I, I can tell you as a parent, it's super fun. I bring them in, bring them downtown. I choose a cool place, take everybody yep. out. Yep. And uh, when they're under 21, I'm like, don't worry. Like, it's all going to be good. Super <laughs> fun. Super fun. Uh, it's so nice now. It is yeah. so nice now. Right. Like, Incredible. it's just jaw dropping. You can't imagine it. Um, we stayed at a place uh, the first time we stayed at an Airbnb that was in between South Street and downtown. And Dolly was like, what was this like when you went to college here? And I was like, oh, I would never, <laughs> ever have been on this block. Like, this was like, no Scary. Way. Like, I, I was a New Yorker, so I would drive down and park. I refused to pay for parking. So I'm like wandering around outside South Street. You get two blocks off South Street, you're like, hey, now. Like, yeah, I park yeah. here, I'm never seeing this car again. Exactly. There's a reason. There's a reason these spots are readily available. Yep. No question. Yeah, no, my, you know, my wife's parents, uh, Moved moved into the center, moved into Germantown in 1973, and they had spent their entire adult lives intimately connected to Philly's uh, progress and sometimes lack thereof. And they, when I come to visit, like we have the Philadelphia Pride Tour Day, where they just drive us around and show yeah, us all. That's the great. Stuff. Like, can you believe how beautiful this building is? Like, <laughs> your dad will take us to a park. Like, look how beautiful this park is. You can just walk around, and I'm so happy for him that he has yeah. gutted it out and the and the spaces that he was just determined to to make nicer through community efforts are actually be at the same time it is um the worst public school system in america it is the most underfunded Aww. just brutally abandoned public school city system on in the united states the harrisburg um state government has just liquidated Philadelphia school system and it's a it's a national tragedy and embarrassment. Wow. wow. Anyway. Delicious food scene too. Really, 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 really good. good. Food You're right. Scene. Yeah. yeah. Totally. The whole cheesesteak thing is no longer the thing. Yeah. They Although really cheesesteaks are still great and super fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that I just wanted to sing that little pan to Philly, just like absolutely Woo! love that town. Um, and like Jeff, this was a hard one. Like I like went through the list and thought hard about it. And again, not to be mean to uh, our good friends where we spent six weeks up in New England. But I mean, the list here versus the list from Boston. Yeah, right. Boston considers itself a peer to Philadelphia. And I've got some news. <laughs> hard. No, like the list of, of, of acts here is just is never ending. And I, I almost went with modern baseball. I almost because I think that's really emblematic of like this little percolating scene that's happening in Philly. But I couldn't do it because my all-time favorite song about Philly, our good friend, Willard Carroll Smith II, born September 25th, 1968 in West Philadelphia. His mom, Caroline, is a school board administrator. And his dad, William Carroll Smith Sr., is a, a Air Force veteran and refrigeration repairman. And uh, it's a mixed neighborhood. It's like on West Philly, far enough out where it's a working class um, neighborhood, mixed between African-Americans and other races. 
1985, he's a junior in high school, and he goes to a house party four doors down from where he lives, where the DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff, is there, but his hype man is not there. So Willard goes up to Jazzy Jeff and is like chatting him up. And Jeff's like, you know, man, I have this guy and he just jumps around behind me and is like, go, 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 hands up, hands up, hands up. But he's not here. And uh, Will's like, I'm your guy. Like, I am your guy. That is so great. So great. And it was a total Wally Piff thing. The hype guy eventually shows up. And Uh DJ Jazzy Jeff's like, you're fired. This guy's hired. He's (laughs) my guy. They are signed to a um, indie Philly label by a year later. He graduates high school and he's signed to Russell Simmons label and they re-put out the first album. And it's a really funny thing. Like Will Smith has had a crazy, amazing career, really worth contemplating the various choices he made, all the success he's had and the various weird things that he's done. So, um, one vein of rap music that is still kind of sort of percolating along, uh, but has more or less dried up is the funny rap. Um, so Slick Rick is the progenitor. That's the OG. And and DJ Jazzy Jeff, own, they, they uh, like owe a great debt to Slick Rick. Um, but all of their first songs are joke songs. And yep. then he gets onto the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And of course, that's a joke thing. And there's this like fan he's hilarious first of all i don't want to undersell how funny the joke songs are and how good they are like just because they're joke songs doesn't mean they're bad like he's fantastic um but there's this whole like depth to him that is somehow like lacking in these songs like there's a slickness to it there's a jokiness to it um and he's had a remove like i find this him this way as an actor too like, I feel like, uh, well, I, I mean, he's a fantastic actor and he's been in a bunch of really, really good movies, but you really rarely get into like this deeper, like aspect of him uh, where he sort of channels back to his whole life. Um, and that's why Summertime is by a mile my favorite song by uh, the Fresh Prince. And it's my favorite Philly song. And I rarely recommend the video, but the video to this, does anyone else remember it? Yes, I, I do. do. Yep. It's just the so there's two parts to the video. <laughs> Part one of the video is the two of them are in a flatbed truck drinking and driving around Philadelphia. Yeah. It's freaking fantastic. But then the second part, the much more likable part, is they set up in the uh park in their neighborhood where they grew up and have a big house party and film the whole thing. And it's freaking fantastic. Just like grandma and grandpa's in there dancing and little tiny African-American kids just fucking throwing down. Um, and uh, Will Smith doing really dumb looking, hilarious dances. It's so great. <laughs> one of my, videos... my wife, uh, sorry, I just have to add like, one of my favorite memories my wife shares with me is being like a nine-year-old girl and hearing a block party two blocks down the Hansbury block party that she's not obviously not allowed to attend at age nine. And she's got the window open, just listening to cool and the gang and people partying. One of these days I'm getting in on that. (laughs) That video for me, I imagine like I pull back and imagine Susie, little Susie in her window, like, Ooh, that sounds pretty fun. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, It, it goes through all of it. You can see every single part of Philly. It's got the art museum and the Rocky statue, um, but it also has this unbelievably fun looking party that makes me super happy. I think this, I mean, first of all, I could, we could play the whole song. The whole song's fantastic. My favorite verse and the most Philly verse is the second verse 
The video actually yep. starts in um, Fairmont Park at the Belmont Plateau, and that's name dropped back in Philly at the Plateau. That's where everybody yep. parked. Um, and just the description of summertime in Philly. Oh man, dude! And when they when they pop the water plug just for old time's sakes, that was a Brooklyn thing too, man. Like they would pop it open and they get the can out, and you'd just be running through it as a little kid. So good. <laughs> uh, One twenty four, please, Jeff. Let's go. Sort of a buzz, but back then I didn't really know what it was. But now I see what happened is the way that people respond to summer madness. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas to tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzos. Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody go. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes. She turned around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime. Oh, basketball in the summer. Got girls there, man. You got to get I new got sneaks. sneaks <laughs> oh, but good. I need a new pair. Oh, that was really hard to fade out. I got to admit. Oh, man. What a tune. That is the summertime. Oh, dude. And the, I've introduced awesome. the girls to it. They love it. And every like, like it's like in May and the girls are like, is it time? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, it's not. Yet. Not ready yet. <laughs> so the first hot day after June 1st, we roll down all the windows and it's summertime. Oh, no, that's, that's great. She turned around to see what you beeping at. Ah, oh, great song. Um, that was on my list. I was gonna pick that, but then I also had Todd Rundgren. I mean, you guys, it may, and maybe it is. It's just kind of like I'm overwhelmed by Philadelphia and all the uh the choices that are out there. Oh, this is this is a funny story. We're gonna go with the roots, uh, and we're gonna go with um. What is it? The seed or seed 2.0? Yeah. Seed. Cause this was my volleyball song uh for the uh volleyball team to get us pumped up, play during warm-ups, and and young Patrick Burke, a young teacher, comes over to me uh, midway through the season. He's like, Have you uh have you listened to the lyrics? <laughs> I'm like, what now? It's like you might want to listen to the lyrics.
Yeah, I think that's the uh, part that was objectionable. Uh, uh-huh. I, I hadn't listened carefully to that song for a minute, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is this is that the high school girls volleyball game?" Yeah, yeah, a, that's a that's a, that about as bad as girl watcher. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't do that. Yeah, that'd be well, the bad funny thing well. is I was gonna say um how I got over, that's my favorite uh yeah. oh, um and the first thing you learn is don't not to give a fuck. I was like, well that also would be <laughs> that but when I listened to this, I was like, that would be better actually. Uh, <laughs> let's just take a minute and extol the the true virtues of Questlove's drumming. Like Questlove is a tastemaker, unquestionably. He's funny, he's hip as hell, his book mo his book is terrific. His taste in music is absolutely impeccable. He's a polyglot. But but more than anything, that guy can drum his ass off. Like his, his beat, his kick and snare is as formidable as John Bonham's. That guy can freaking play just about anything and plays. He's one of those guys who like when he's playing, he's like, I might die in five seconds, so I better play really, really well. That's just how he approaches music and i just couldn't admire him enough and i just wanted to take a minute because quest love is cooler now maybe to people yeah. than he is a musician. and uh man oh man can that guy throw down just fantastic we gotta get him on the podcast that, like, the uh the live band behind the rap act i mean i think they're the biggest most famous yeah. version of that and they've completely hung in there and it's it's funny because it's a retro sound but it's actually retro of nothing because there are yeah. no other live bands behind rap acts. Like, yeah, it's like it's, 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 again, it's immediately nostalgic of itself, which yeah. is really yeah. a pretty good trick to pull off. I thought you were picking the OJs. We have not mentioned the OJs. I just yeah. better say OJs or people are going to give us endless grief. Love but, train. Uh, Backstabbers is my OJ Backstabbers song. Backstabbers is a great one too, man. Those guys. Kills me. I'm telling so you, good. Philadelphia might have a, might have Boston. I might have them. Might? <laughs> that's actually big, Tim. I gotta say, Timmy, that's a you, that's yeah. you're gonna get situate mail from that. As long as no one brings up the Philadelphia special, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, you have a great day. That was a fun well, one, fellas. Absolutely, that was that good. Was we'll figure out where we're going next uh, later. Okay. All right. Peace. You well. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Electric acid.